Hello, my name is Scott Cameron. This is the joys of teaching literature. We're talking all things high, high school English. Uh, if you want to know more about me, you can visit my website. It's www.theteachersworkshop.com. I offer uh, self-paced online learning for uh, online professional development for high school English teachers. Uh, so this week we're talking about um, storytelling, <laughs> which is what we do. I'm titling this uh, The Magic of Storytelling, Real and Fictional. It's interesting that I say it's what we do because I meant that in the context of, of literature, of course. Um, you know, we teach stories. Uh, but what, what we do is also tell stories, and we also listen to stories from our, you know, that our students have to tell as well, too. Um, and a big part of, you know, I think pro however you define project-based learning, um, you know, the, the sort of extra stuff that we do outside of studying literature is... Um, and even the, even literature itself, right? If it's it's you know a memoir or autobiographical essay, something like that, um, the personal narrative, you know, those are stories as well too. Um, but but we obviously want to and everything that we do in our classrooms, um, as far as all the activities that we that we imagine and create, and they all have to do with having really good conversations, and those conversations, you know. For the most part, are centered around the literature itself, but the more that we can bring in stories, and when I say stories, I mean everything. Just saying something. I mean, it could be an idea, it could be a philosophy, it could be something in the news, history. Um, I think storytelling is something that happens when we just, you know, speak about something. Um, in a way, we're telling the story of what we experience, and the news is what we experience, history is what we experience, a movie is what we experience. Um, so when we were just sort of telling about our experiences or something that we encountered, we are storytelling. So really, it is it's it's absolutely everything that we do. Um, and and songs are stories in some ways. Po even poems that sometimes they don't feel like stories. They are they're moments um, that sometimes represent larger stories, um, or they are stories because they're ballads or whatever, epic poems or stories. Um, so yeah, poems just appear, you know, like they're something other than what we normally think of as a story, but they're stories too. Everything's a story. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. I, I guess I, I was thinking about this because I heard this, <laughs> I heard this um, podcast from Hidden Brain called "The Story of Your Life" by Shankar Vedantam, and um, it just made me. <laughs> at one point, I was like. I feel like I'm listening to a conversation in my class because they were just really jumping in. Now, the podcast itself is, it sort of dabbles in literature, but it is more just about writing. And, and they interview a writer at the end uh, and talk about how she uses fiction to sort of help craft her, under, her own understanding of her own life. And that's where the title kind of comes from, the story of your life. Uh, but it is just about the psychological sort of impact that that literature has what, what does it do for us when we read and then what does it do for us when we write it um, and so it's interesting because at the beginning of every year I, that, that's basically where I start um, and now I'm thinking I might maybe use a couple of minutes from that podcast and just play it I don't know that's kind of a weird thing to do I guess at the beginning of the year it's like anything else I, I got really good advice from a boss of mine once that it's not so much Oh, I, I heard this podcast, or I read this article, or I read this book. Um, I have to teach it. 
right? I have to play a, a part of it or I have to make my kids read it because I, I read it and it connects to what we're doing. Um, it's just it's just information that you soak in that you use when you're teaching. Again, it's the story that you're telling. Hey, I read this article. Hey, I listened to this podcast. And here was the idea. But you're always framing it in your own words. That's what that's what teachers do. They they take concepts that they've encountered throughout their life, um, and they but but when they deliver it, when they help under students understand the idea behind it, they're able to really present it in a really simple way that they can understand and present it in the context of what the conversation is. So the conversation at the beginning of the year is about the power and value of storytelling. Um, Cause that's what we're, that's what we're, again, that's what we're, that's primarily what we're doing in our classes is focusing on storytelling and how complex those stories can be um, and appreciating the complexity of them and how they're delivered to us and all the different ways that the stories are delivered to us. Um, so I guess I was thinking about some of the ideas that came on into the podcast uh, when I started, you know, kind of doing what they were doing in the in the podcast was linking the the real world with the fictional world of of storytelling, and that's what I'm kind of calling the magic of storytelling is where that link between what is magical or fictional uh, when that sort of connects to what is what is real, what we've actually experienced. In, in those conversations at the beginning of the year, I tend to focus on not, I mean, the personal is part of it. Anything is a part of it. I just like to listen kind of just to hear what they have to say so I know where we're at. Like, what, what, you know, what kind of students am I dealing with here at the beginning of the year? Do they love literature? Or are they just going to, you know, say something that, that might please me or something? You can tell right away if, if they're into it or not and how much work you have to do to get them to get into it. Um, but, but a lot of it, at least what they say and what I say, is about the, the social and, and political ways that literature can transform the world. Um, those are sort of large-scale things. Um, we read a story because we are individual people thinking about that story. We are individual people living <laughs> around you know millions of other people, um, billions of other people. And so those are individual actions usually fit into some larger pattern of behavior that is called culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and so that world transformation is, you know, because that's inspired, right? Because walk into your class, like, hey, we're talking about big world-changing things here. Aren't you excited, right? That's, that's why I love the beginning of the year for that reason. It's like we've got a big task before us, and we're going we're gonna to do it through reading these these books that are fictional, believe it or not. So let's talk about the reality of fiction. Let's talk about the connection between fiction and reality right away. Um, it's entertaining. It's fun. Uh, it gives us pleasure. It, it makes us feel deeply, but it also uh, has this capacity to really to, to change and improve the world as we know it. Our imagination is what you know makes up everything around us. The chair you're sitting in, you know, everything. Um, literature challenges norms, right? And it inspires us to demand more. You know, take irony, for instance, right? Irony flips the world that we know upside down. It takes, you know, some kind of expectation or familiarity and says, actually, the opposite's going to occur here. 
And what does that mean? So we have to really think, after something ironic happens, you really have to think about it because you're like, because it was surprising for some reason. Um, there was some expectation, either a societal or cultural or, you know, situational, um, some norm that we, you know, unconsciously come to expect didn't happen. Um, and so that's surprising. The people that we thought were going to end up together didn't end up together. Something as simple as that. Take satire, for instance, right? It's, it's Sat irony is a tool of the satirist, but satire right makes us laugh, but then after we laugh, we're thinking. Right? So a lot of the literature um, that we study is there is there's 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 comedy in there, um, and sometimes that's hard to see depending on who it is, uh, Charles Dickens or Jane Austen. But that's you know after we're done having a good time. <laughs> We're thinking about the world that we live in and the challenges again. We're not just thinking about the world we live in. We're thinking about our own behavior. So when we're laughing at somebody else, we're sitting thinking, oh, wait, <laughs> do, do I do that too? Maybe I, sh maybe I shouldn't be laughing at them. Maybe I should be really poking fun at myself you know, and thinking about how I behave. Um, the episode focused on uh, catharsis, right? The idea that we can make sense of our experiences and transform them into stories that give us peace of mind. And that's a key part of catharsis, right? It's the peace of mind piece. When we express ourselves and make sense of our world, um, it helps us to, to be at peace with it, to, you know, to be one with it. Stories that help other, these are stories that, that give us peace of mind, but they also help other, other people who read those stories develop the mental skills necessary to think logically and make wise choices despite the pressure to do otherwise. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Why would we fictionalize? I think that's a lot of students you know, who are the science students or math students, right? They come in and what's the point of fictionalizing a real experience? Why would we change what happened to us and make it, and make it into something that is imaginary or not real? When we create fiction, we imagine the thoughts of the people around us and do our best to imagine exactly what they were thinking when they say, you know, tell us that they love us, when they <laughs> go to the other, I don't know why I'm going to the other extreme here, but when they punch us in the face, um, when they smile at us at an unexpected moment, we want to know about that. We want to know why those things happened, and that's why we write, because we can't always understand through what somebody says to us. When they when they speak to us, people are imperfect with how they express their feelings. Um, they can't always explain what it is that happened, right? So fiction is our attempt to understand not just ourselves, but the thoughts of everyone around us, and that's what we're imagining when we write. We never really know what the people around us are thinking, but a th but but think about it. A third person narrator does just that. An omniscient narrator knows the exact thoughts of everyone in the room. A beautiful impossibility. So anytime, so how do we get them to do this, right? So we'll make this link between the real world and, and fiction in this storytelling process. Um, so in my class, when I have them write a personal narrative, and, and because I teach seniors, this is sometimes in the context of like a college application essay, but that's really all it is, right? It's a personal, personal narrative. Um, I have them sit in groups, and tell stories about random topics that I write on an index card. So 
don't know, it's like third. I don't know, I'm gonna keep adding to it. There's 30, 40 kind of random topics. It's kind of a game um, where they just pick a pick a card, and it says the word dinner or rain, car ride, birthday party, ice cream. So the idea is that any one of these topics, like most people, have some kind of experience with ice cream, right, or a car ride, or who doesn't eat dinner, right? <laughs> so like, what is it? What is it that word triggers? Um, so I tell them to basically flip the card. Uh, look at the topic, and then tell the first story that comes to mind. Uh, I got this idea from a podcast called uh, Telling Stories. Uh, true, sorry, it's called True Story. And so they they actually made a board game out of it, which you know is, just, is a cool idea too. Um, so the class, <laughs> when I do it, it's it's fantastic. They just see the topic, they instantly come up with, and I say if you you know if the topic doesn't work for you, just pick another card. Um, so the the class. <laughs> I think after they start telling some stories, people loosen up a little bit. Uh, sometimes they're sitting with their friends, sometimes they're not. So they're getting to know each other. The class fills with laughter. You know, they're they're laughing at each other. And sometimes you can tell somebody's telling like a, a kind of a serious story. It's it's one of those times where I can absolutely just sit at my desk and just let it go and know that it's going really well. I don't have to circulate around the class. I mean, I, I could do that just to participate with them. Um, but it's one of those activities where I can just be so hands-off. And it's usually better if I just sit in my chair because who knows what kind of stories they're telling and if they're embarrassing or whatever. Um, you know. But it's one of those things that just completely runs itself. You can, you can tell when you look around the room that they're, they're really listening to each other. And the best part is they're getting to know each other. Stories, that's what they do. They help us get to know each other. Because you're, you're not arguing or stating a belief or a philosophy or worldview, which is also how we get to know each other. But you're just t you're telling your experiences, and so often those experiences um, will reveal, just the story itself will reveal your point of view and how you see the world, how you tell the story, the moments that you, you know, uh, tell a joke or you know, again, speak softly and, and slow down what you're saying. Like all those ways that we tell stories reveal, you know, ourselves. We reveal ourselves to each other when we do that. Um, it's so important to interpret great literature, um, but it's also important that we allow students to tell real stories about their lives and explore philosophical ideas about identity, time, meaning, and being. Once they revisit their experiences, they can then take those memories and playfully craft them into fictional stories that reveal their newfound understanding of the people and places they encounter. They can immerse themselves in a moment and like a piñata, beat it with a stick until candy comes out. Thanks for listening. <laughs>